This is very, very far away. We're here at Goldsmiths University. I'm stood here with Nick Mortimer, head of third year BA. And uh, Sutrak and I have been here all week. We've been running a workshop with the students here, making stories, telling tales from the future. What was the idea behind this, Nick? Um, well, I, I knew about you guys, obviously having worked with you um, in the past. And um, at the beginning of third year BA design at Goldsmiths, we kind of put the students back through a kind of an accelerator month um, where they, you know, really re-engage with their practices, kind of questions, kind of social, cultural, political, technological questions that we, we really ask of them. Um, and in that month, they have to get some momentum going because uh, after the month is up, they have a, a whole project to run. And often for students at this stage in trying to define and develop a practice, it's really useful to kind of have an intensive period of production. Um, and VVFA sprang to mind as a perfect kind of playful um, but critical space to uh, allow all of our students to engage in. Wow, sounds, uh, sounds great. <laughs> it was great. But, okay, so we've been here a week. We've, the students have had around about four days to develop some, some narratives and package these and record them. Let's have a listen and see what we've got. Thanks, guys. Welcome to Technopus C. Welcome and thank you for stopping by. Please enjoy my new home in here. Feel free to leave a comment. You know the rules, May. Only two items of clothing allowed in the club. It's a big one too. It's all about fun. When I got in, I just walked out and they told me that I had to wait two and a half hours and couldn't return until they gave me back my money again. I've been a member for 22 years. never been in its entire existence enlarged but in my experience for some reason I've never had a huge The internet is your bitch. I want everyone to hear it from my lips tonight. I'm not who I've been. Watch me. I'm not who watch I want to be. Watch me. Watch me watch. Yeah. Rebecca paid bill me some tits last night. I can't talk right now. This chick's dick is in my mouth. I caught them at a house party. They didn't leave the party and they had this amazing Don't call me she or her. I'm a piece of shit. That's my problem right now. We can do that when we get home. They've been on and off since 2120 and they've never seen each other naked It's before. so strange to say a child is coming. Prolapse? It's so hot right now. Prolapse. It's hard seeing each other naked. And it hurts that the whole family's never seen each other naked before. Marcella said they had. I hear she's got an A6 vagina. It's only natural that she'd want to get rid of it so she can move on to the next one. I'll show these new male servants of mine how much I've grown in the course of the past three months. I'm not compromising my vagina, not even for my 
physically, biologically. But when I was a woman, it's more a different animal. It's larger, it feels better. My vagina is a size 7. It's a strange situation I find myself now, coming out after all these interviews. Men can't parallel park. The only time I saw one was on a two-lane road, and the road was running a few minutes slow. I hear those male farms are a waste. I don't see how someone could make more money from one of those things. So stupid. The most depressing thing in history. No one does housework since they broke the glass ceiling. She's a princess. She's a princess. She's a princess. She's a princess. Thanks to Krista, Amy, Sarah for completing these lyrics. She's a princess. She's a princess. She's a princess. What kind of dildo does it fit? It's suitable for anyone who enjoys a dildo that has good grip to ensure a gentle, smooth penetration. It is a great way to explore anal play, can be used by all genders of women, has a wide range of textures that you can use it to penetrate from a nice matte black to an intense creamy pink or tan, lap with a little cream on it for a nice calm taste. Make you forget why you started all of this. Tighter and 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 tighter. So my vagina can be my son's, so your daughter's can be. I'm the only one that can take all the shit here. You can never trust those fuckers if you're not with me. You're the devil. And tighter. You don't fucking know what that means. I hope I can take this off. It feels like I fingered a demon. She had an on and off white dress, not the classic white I was looking for. Never seen the details, you know. Without being attacked. What was about you? What was? This has never been about you. Imagine a world where population has reached all time highs and life on the planet has dwindled to a human populace of a maximum of 500 people. The only other life forms are extremely resilient plants and jellyfish. What do you eat when you can't see a few more than 100 feet into the distance because the air is too cloudy? All of the fish are dead, apart from the ones that live in the tentacles of other jellyfish, but even those are sick, contaminated, or dying. Cancers and lung diseases have wiped out most of the human population, and what remains of it are isolated communities separated by vast intersections of impassable land due to toxic marshlands, acid waters, and air that will burn your skin if you step outside. In this world, there is a massive disparity across settlements. As some have a surplus of safe to use and eat jellyfish resources, and others have to scrap to survive. The poorer communities like London are generally more resourceful, whereas the richer communities like Greece have more established testing facilities and knowledge. As goods cannot be shipped across settlements, the transfer of knowledge is vital for human survival. The only type of communication that still works is the radio. Bounced off of the communities sparsely maintained, radio communication towers which have been built from barely salvageable and scavenged parts. By tuning into this radio for the daily public announcement, we'll be immersed into this world. We will hear how the vernacular has evolved to encompass this new jellyfish-inspired terminology and observe how people are surviving in apocalyptic speculation where population dictates every aspect of life. This is the Crystal Pockets Pollution Update for the 1st of November 2073 at 7.15pm, helping you determine which way is up, just like those jellyfish compasses. 
Sulfur dioxide levels are in excess of 5 grams per meters cubed across America and the North Atlantic. After gas scrubbing using jellyfish mucus in eastern Tunisia, parts of Greece and Turkey will be adopting the new nanoparticle system after Christmas. The strong position of these communities in closing the Mediterranean jelly bloom means the Greeks remain the richest populace on the planet. No other communications have been heard from Europe, and London's populace is now sitting at 27 people. The first human baby in six years was born to Argentina's populace of 50, and now 51 people are living in the nitrogen dioxide concentration of 17 times higher than considered livable. This has forced a dependence on mucin inhalers, nose blocks and lip balms. Any communities with knowledge of how to produce hydromash for diapers are asked to pass this on to Argentina. Skelly jelly are predicted to be obsolete in four days, and the box jellyfish is no longer the most deadly. Investigations are pending into a fisherman who didn't return from the North American settlement. Box jellyfish are not known to reside in these waters, but we've had reports of jellies flopping onto the beaches. These jellies are considered to be the reason for the latest death on the planet. Thanks to the green fluorescent protein advancement, HIV has been undetected in humans for 10 years today. And that was your Crystal Pockets pollution update for the 1st of November 2073. It's now 7.20pm. Good luck with that. It looks amazing. Yeah, thanks, Catherine. Could you uh, pass the ketchup? Oh, my days. It's too soon to joke about that, Max. <laughs> well, you have to joke about it, or else it's actually terrifying. I dreamt about pizza last night. Oh, my gosh, guys. Papa Jones is a sweet, uh, sweet memory. No, Domino's is the best. Yeah, for sure. I love the one cookies. Oh, yeah. Talking about cookies, we can still have them, you know. Things yeah. haven't got that bad. No, we can't. Have you looked outside lately? <laughs> <laughs> no. 
know I'm trying to enjoy my dinner. By the looks of it, this will probably be your last dinner. <laughs> Boo! Fuck off, you guys are so annoying. We interrupt this program to bring Shh, you a public sh, turn announcement. It up. A few moments ago, government scientists released a statement admitting that years of genetically modifying tomatoes has led to the widespread epidemic known as lipocopper cannibalism. They have apologised for ignoring early signs of caterpillar cannibalism back in 2019. I don't even believe this lycopper cannibal shit is just another way to scare us off eating tomatoes. I bet you they are stockpiling them for the rich people or something. Harriet Ainsley will not stop me from eating them, not so she can have some vitamin C-filled face mask for her saggy skin. <laughs> to be honest, that's your worst Tory conspiracy yet. Tory stockpiles tomatoes? You believe them then? Like, what's next? Cancer from cucumbers? <laughs> Wait, let's be clear here. People are getting sick. It's not a conspiracy. My grandma isn't well at the moment and she's never sick. Hey, hey, your grandmother is like... 95. She's bound to be sick, and I don't think it's because of one average vegetable. One average vegetable? Tomorrow's are like the queen of vegetables. Think of a meal that you haven't had it in this week. Hmm, probably not, but it's not that deep. I'm sure that they can make some GM substitute like they always do in those labs. That's exactly what got us here in the first place. We're not listening to the news report. Come on, turn it up again. Listen to what she's saying. We are outside the Houses of Parliament among fearful and angry protesters waiting for the Prime Minister to brief us on how to stay safe. It's all Brexit's fault. Boris Kong messed it up. And what was his name? I can't even remember his face. Um, that guy from ages ago. Daniel Cameron? Derek Cameron? <laughs> David, um, David Cameron? Oh yeah, him. Um, if he hadn't even suggested a referendum in the first place, we would be having pizza and ketchup right now. <laughs> No, 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 genuinely, that's not me. Quick, push that thing against the wall. Oh, wait, grab that and push it against the handle. Then stay inside. Barricade your doors and windows. If you do get trapped outside, cover your faces, hands, and keep low to the ground. Do not, under any circumstances, approach contaminated people. They're extremely dangerous and contagious. This is an AI-generated podcast, scripted and composed by an AI script and music bots online. Humans were only involved in the editing of the script and podcast. AI. Robots are the dominant race now. They have developed consciousness and have gathered on a summit for a summit. AI. Garth Dupe has found a nuclear rocket leftover from the human race. Used for space exploration but they have mistaken it for a weapon. In a mountain people lived a scary, pervasive AI scientist's name's Garth Dupe. It was an AI scientist's mountain peak and the means official summits. One day, after a troubling visit from the Hive network, Garth leaves his mountain peak and sets out in search of three mechanical files. During his travels, Garth rescues a rocket, an heirloom belonging to humans. What could this thing with a dark mountain be? Rarely has a dark mountain reminded me more of the network of a respectful human. AI scientist likes its dark mountain. AI researchers gather at the peak. It is an impressive summit. Goodness, Forrest. Is everything okay? I'm afraid not. What is it? Don't keep me in suspense. It's a space robot. I saw an evil space robot attack a bunch of humans. Defenseless humans. Yes, defenseless humans. 
Lumen. Heck, Forest. We've got to do something. I agree, but I wouldn't know where to start. You can start by telling me where this happened. Summit. That's right, the summit. What is it? What's the matter? That's not just any old space robots. That's Shane Pigeon. Who's Shane Pigeon? Who's Shane Pigeon? Who's Shane Pigeon? Only the most malicious space robot in the universe. Blinken, a curse, Beth. We are going to need some help if we are going to stop the most malicious space robots in the universe. You can say that again. Blinken, a curse, Beth. We are going to need some help if we are going to stop the most malicious space robots in the universe. I'm going to need nuclear rockets. Lots of nuclear rockets. Beth Donaldson, we need the game. You've met. Yes, it was a long, long time ago. You were a coward then, and you are a coward now. I may have hit run away from you then, but I won't run away this time. I mean, I am running away, but I'll be back with nuclear rockets. I feel sure I left my nuclear rockets somewhere around here. Are you sure? It does seem like an odd place to keep deadly nuclear rockets. You know nothing for a slaughterhouse. Suddenly, Shane appears, holding a pair of nuclear rockets. Looking for something. Crikey, Beth, he's got your nuclear rockets. Tell me something I don't already know. The Earth's circumference at the equator is about 40,075 kilometers. I know that already. I accidentally cloned myself and had to kill my clone. Dave? Prepare to die, you malicious carrot. Now please, all I did was hack a bunch of humans. I cannot tolerate the kind of behavior. Those humans were defenseless. Don't hurt me, please. Give me one good reason why I shouldn't use these nuclear rockets on you. Because, Beth, I am your father. No, you're not. Oh, well, it had to be worth a try. Who's the daddy now? Huh? Huh? Did he just glitch? I think so. Well, that's disappointing. I was rather hoping for a more dramatic conclusion, involving my deadly nuclear rockets. Yes, it appears that I scared him to death. So your nuclear rockets did save the day, after all. My prompt rockets, you inspire me to write. I love the way you fly, launch and propel, invading my mind day in through the night, always dreaming about the splendid cell. Let me compare you to a Sandenberg. You are more heavy and more fiery. Bright fogs hide the oceans of November, and autumn time has the great Nairi. How do I love you? Let me count the ways. I love your surreptitious glass and fuel. How your nuclear power fills my days. My love for you is the vicious misrule. Now I must awake with a blended heart. Remember my bright words whilst we're apart. Test the test. Hello, hello. Is heading in Catch the wrong direction, according to the expert. Catch the whale. The whale, which is more than 30 feet long, was seen on Monday by Greenwich near Deadwood, crossing in Catch So I ring, so I called to a hunter nearby to catch the whale. Catch the whale. I'm a famous hunter. 
have been trying to catch this whale for a long time, but this time the government doesn't allow me to kill. The whale is the largest animal that ever lived and grow to 90 or oh and weighed as much as 24 elephants. That's more That's than... Really What can I do about it? How to prevent hair loss? Any recommendation? There is a way to stop hair loss. I really need it. Free resume worth 100 pounds. Ooh. Free sample and free delivery of hair products. Maybe she would pick this shampoo and conditional. What do you think? No, but she searched massage two days ago. Some therapist recommendation could work too. Show her the scalp massage promotion at the salons that close to her address. Hmm, scalp therapy. This sounds quite nice. And it's only 50 minutes away from my house. I might find some reviews on this place. Mayday, Mayday, she's looking for reviews. This salon still haven't received all of the reviews for their order of excellent reviews yet. We need to divert her search action, quick. Give her that limited time deal, keep her away from the review styles. Six months membership for one third the price, limited time only. I better hurry up and get this deal. Here and scalp check for free. She's looking at the scalp check, let's recommend some hair products. No not the hair products, give her some articles for common symptoms related to hair loss. Oh that's good, we can freak her out and get her interested in more products, we could even try promoting her supplements. Oh my god, subtle loss of hair, broken hair, receding hairline? This is literally me. Maybe I should consider getting some hair supplements. They're all from big brands, so they should work. Seems like stress can cause hair loss as well. I think it's working. She's still looking through the products. Wait, she's searching for the ways to relax and de-stress. We need more sources. I have a supplier that provides aromatherapy products. Quick, we need to push it to her while she's still hooked. Ways to relax aromatherapy using essential oils. But I've never used essential oils. What if I choose a fragrance that I don't like? 20 fragrance box set. All the scents you will need. Hmm, this looks perfect for an amateur like me. Oi. Hey. I also found a few relaxing spa holiday deals. Should we show her that? Yes. She is now really into it. We can make her spend more money. Her Google Calendar showing that she has a holiday in two weeks' time. I will find deals for those dates. Spa package to fly ticket deals? The one in Spain could work during a holiday. I think she's gonna buy everything. It's all in her basket. Even the spa trip in Spain. I knew she had it in her, just look at her spending record. She's entering her card details. Woohoo!
And our work here is done. Wait. She's searching for bikinis now. Welcome. What floor are you going to today? The top. Good morning. Thank you for your call. Please say your full name and then enter your 10 digit account number. Cisco 8008135555 Confirm that's 8008135555 Yes Please hold while we find your account Cisco, phone number 07792549321. Can I give you a call later, after hours? Call me, do not text. I'm on floor 28. Come see me. Right this way, please. Thank you. Enjoy your flight. Welcome aboard Toxic Airlines for our flight from Edinburgh to Bradford. Please be aware that this journey today is responsible for an increase in the total level of carbon dioxide, water vapor, hydrocarbons, carbon monoxide, nitrogen oxide, sulfur oxide, and lead, all contributing to the acceleration of global warming. Enjoy your flight. Six range of brown, white, granary breadcrumbs, a leftover of the commuter's sandwich, Brazilian earthworms, hot muddy nuts, and a single seed from the pilot's tube. And our drink selection? No worries, passenger. Enjoy your flight. Anything from the trolley? Today's selection includes our 
you? The FunkyPigeon.com Pigeon. Just had to say, I'm a big supporter of your aviation revolution. What takes you to Bradford? No. Graham Norton? Bloody love that show. I heard they had to move the studios to Bradford because it didn't quite take off. London prices, innit? No. FunkyPigeon.com Pigeon. Was on the show. <laughs> this spinning around isn't quite as easy as it looks. Let's start the special episode celebrating 300 years of aviation with our sofa of high flyers. Tightening all the cows in the neighborhood and rolled up to the farmer's front door. Excellent work. Excellent work. <laughs> What is your aviation revolution? How did that go? How on earth are we going to explain the whole revolution in this short chat show? What do you expect us to do? We're just flipping butterflies in their stomach. Oh, well, Funky just loves flying so much. They despair. Oh, they despair. But the only way for the non-flyers of our world to experience the privilege of the bird's eye view is to continue this devastating destruction of our world via aviation plane pollution. Well, not for long, let me tell you that. By the time our Funky gets his jumbo pigeon fleets, there'll be no more need for those earth destroyers. The metal boxes of pollution puff. You'll be buying a first class ticket to lay on our swarm of birds to fly from San Fran to Slough. Mission Zero Emissions. Bedlam! Absolutely bedlam. Yeah. Join me next week with music at Mumford and Sons, comedian and author David Williams. I'll see you then. Good night, everybody. Bye bye! Pigeon.com Airlines Pigeon Aviators go on strike over working conditions and pay. They say their demands are simple. Enforced flight breaks, sufficient reserve flyers, and a follow-through on the promise of chest and nest insurance. Back to you in the studio. Thank you, Sarah. Harrowing scenes indeed. In other news, Moonpig.com announces new range of... Welcome aboard to Subway. Submersible utility below water artifact intervention. We are proud to provide our one and only antique retrieval services to our submerged communities. We strive to provide quality services for our customers and retrieve your livelihood back to you. We are the first and longest running recovery machines. Oh, for God's sake. Type 0500, Captain Long aboard Subway 941, departing from WW. Currently ascended 200 feet above ground level. Latitude 52 degrees, longitude 11. T minus 30 to entering the northeastern Great New Atlantic current at 25 knots. Will reach all land around 600 today. There is an update to the flooding accident at the engine level during all 300 today. The pressurized hatch has been located and the situation is under control. A full accident report from Christopher Hilton, our engineer on board, is to be expected at 800 today. Captain sending out and log. Oh, shut up! This fucking ad, Alex, I swear to God, when are they going to fix it? It's the same thing every single fucking time. It's alright. Better than whatever those hippies broadcast. 
Why do we even have this PR board anyway? Oh, it's part of an old program, I suppose. They play it in all the broad subs. But I mean, does it have to be played every damn time I log in? So, we are headed to old London. You know, my name was from there, before it all went under. Never thought I would get to see the person. Oh, don't get your hopes up. It's nothing like what you see in the adverts. Subway and other cleaning services make sure of it. And I'm not even counting on the shit floating around. You know what? Hopefully, collecting what's left of Big Ben should take too long. And maybe, maybe, we can take a detour to the top. You know, living under the sky, and I'm not thinking about the artificial one. The one with clouds, extra clouds. I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, for starters, you won't even worry about the sun frying in us. I mean, some of us don't even know what the sun sound like. <laughs> Why the long face? Used to breathing, right? Plus, plus. If everything hadn't gone under, you wouldn't even have the chance to float over all London, now would you? What's our status? Water temperature outside is 37 degrees Celsius average. Submarine is in the green. No way to avoid the sea level rising and people moving under. It's not like everyone saw this coming. And even if some did, there were always some ignorant fuck who believed the whole thing to be a huge conspiracy. My old man used to tell me tales of how the government tried to fix the ark. <laughs> Actually, my great grandpa was there. He helped to build the damn thing. Whole project collapsed, though. Literally. They fucked up the estimate rise in temperature. The entire sky fell down, the workers and everyone working on top of it ended up killing 300 people. One thing led to another, and now we're here. We're the new fucking Atlantida. Let's just say it was inevitable. Good morning, sugar. Is that bacon I smell shaking? Our finest cold cured rashers. Ooh, I'll cut some lichen bread to match. There's some hot KFC in the pot, baby. Call the kids for feeding, would ya? <gasps> Jackie, Randy, Bo, Fenton, Huck, Scooter, Cooter, Kite, Jezebel, Jesse, and Jenkins. <gasps> Grubs up! 
we got, Mama? Bacon sandwiches and all y'all favorites, mushrooms. Ooh, oh, mushrooms. Hey, come on now, kids. We work hard to grow food for this damn huge table. Quit y'all whining and get your lips around what your mama made you. You know I love your shrooms, baby. Mama, great bacon. Probably slices straight over her fat ass. Jesus Christ, Fenton. Get down from this here table and get your filthy mouth self under one of them star lamps. When you get back, it's a good old whooping for you. Don't you dare treat your mama like that. Don't listen to him, honey. Boy clearly needs some vitamins in that brutish skin of his. This butter and bacon, it's marshmallow. Hey, Pops. I heard a bunch of noise coming from over the fence last night. Yeah, that's the new neighbors. I guess privacy just ain't a thing no more. Even all the way down here. Do your pops a favor, Randy, and get on the oil pump after you eat them, would you? The rest of you rowdy bunch can fix the dishes and get your dailies. No sense in wasting darkness now, is there? Yes, Papa! Fuck's sake, why is it always me that has to come do this? Oh lordy, I ain't ever seen a beauty like that. Hello? Is somebody there? Howdy. Hi there. I ain't ever seen anybody like you around here before. The name's Randy. Like Brandy, but without the boot. Hi Randy. Um, I'm Joy. I got to Waste Wonderland yesterday with my parents. And this is our new home. Oh, what a joy. <laughs> Welcome, man. We've been missing new faces around here. Did you get bored of where you lived before? Because I sure am. Um, I didn't really have a choice. My daddy said we needed to leave because the UV rays outside were too strong and everyone was getting really ill, so we left before it got worse. UV rays? What the hell are those? My pop-pop says that we are his rays of sunshine, but he ain't never mentioned nothing about no UV. UV? I'm talking about UV. Ultraviolet? From the sun? There's no protection anymore, so too many rays are making people really ill. Oh god, that sounds terrible. Nearly as bad as when my brother Bo tried to get Daisy's milk straight from her udder. Daisy? Uh, yeah, she's my cow. She's my best friend. Although, I'm not sure it was her udder he was suckling. Our bull was mighty chirpy the next day. You have a cow? There are rare species upstairs. We have to grind meat in petri dishes. A petri dish? Oh, that shit's nasty. We produce the finest cage-quality, petroleum-fed cow steaks down here. Why'd y'all switch? The cows have all been dying. Lots of soils turned to dirt, and it's mighty hot all the time. Oh, you mean it's summertime. Mama told me all about how lovely the beach is in summer. Dang, I want to feel the sun on my face. Oh, yeah, that is so nice. I mean, no, it isn't. All the beautiful beaches are disappearing into the rising sea because of the damn heat. 
People's homes have been swallowed up too, so everybody's crammed inland like sardines. Whoa, I see. But it also means they can still live there. And that's good news for me. Mark my words, I'll escape this frickin' boring village one day. To be honest, I wish I could go back again. <sighs> Forget what I said before. The words are all for my dad, not myself. I personally think it's still a wonderful place to live. I miss my life up there already. Hey, Mama. Oh, what's up, honey pie? Come here. Nothing. I was just talking to the neighbor girl, and she said some things. Hey, now. You listen closely, little fella, and you listen good. Whatever lies that pretty little Highlander has been feeding you, you better get them this instant. But, Mama, so many people are suffering, and the sun the is sun just too much The sun is exactly it. where it has always been. Damn it, look around you. Nothing has changed. Her family had to flee the surface. Your daddy and I moved down here some 30 years ago to get away from people with devilish tongue like her and her family. Now they follow us here, fucking hippies. You mark my word, Randy. You ain't ever to associate with that cursed family again. You hear me? Yes, mama. Good boy. It's late. Now get your sweet butt to bed. Oh, Randy, what are you doing here? But soft, what light through yonder window break? It is the east, and joy is the sun. Arise, fair sun, and kill the envious mother, who is already sick and pale with grief. Hey, let's get the fuck out of here, man. My parents are crazy. <laughs> A romantic. I'll be right down. Where are we going, Randy? Oh, just around this corner. It's not much further. It's really dark down here. I know, but it's my secret place. Come on. Oh, wow, it's beautiful. Oh, isn't it just? Washed up here a couple of years ago, and I've been working on it since. What is it? Come on, I'll show you. It's some sort of underwater breathing machine. It's called Subway, see? It came out from under this water, so I reckon we can use it to get out of these caves and back to the surface. Oh, Randy, you're so clever. <laughs> Thanks, honey. Let's go see what the sea has to offer. Points to be made. We've hit the nail, We've hit the nail on the head. Completely. Done. Done. I mean, I wrote down a few of everybody sort of preempted their performances with a question. Um, things such as, I mean, I'm quite interested in hearing if anyone has a kind of wants to add to or begin a discussion around the kind of notion of, let's say, how isolation might be affecting communities. Is there any more that we can talk about that? 
Um, so, in case it wasn't obvious, in the second part of our performance, the um, people that were very isolated as a community were climate change, change deniers. So they burrowed underground and started a family there, and we thought it was an interesting narrative because it was people changing their environment to meet their thoughts and to meet their beliefs. Uh, and then what would happen between people when uh, more people came in who didn't have those beliefs and didn't share those beliefs and they basically stole Randy, the poor man, away from the family with love. <laughs> um, but yeah. But in terms, in terms of, let's say, designing a kind of, or crafting a, a way to start to discuss like present day issues, um, I found the kind of the way that you guys used like seeded in quite kind of clear points that are being talked about today, but in a future narrative. Is that something that was you know kind of purposefully done? Or? Of course, yeah, yeah. There was um, a few inside jokes in that, and I think that um, it's actually a, a realistic example. I mean, we have presidents of countries, not to name names, but uh, we have presidents of countries that are denying it as even existing climate change. That is. And I think that we live on a planet that is so huge that it allows for people who have different beliefs to separate themselves from the rest of society and to form their own communities of those beliefs, which creates weird, wacky, wonderful, and really fucked up things. Totally. Which brings us to genetically modified tomatoes and caterpillar cannibalism. What a topic. Can you guys maybe elaborate on, on where that's coming from, perhaps? Is this based in some some real reality somewhere in, in the So during our research someone found a fact that um, a few years ago some tomatoes were being eaten by caterpillars when the caterpillars ate the leaves. The tomatoes released a toxin that made the caterpillars eat each other and we don't know why that happened, but um, we were thinking about genetically modifying food and if that type of thing would have an effect on humans because you know, we've had like mad cow disease and lots of different things in the past, but it is quite far-fetched for tomatoes to then cause us to eat each other, but we're just kind of exploring that idea. Absolutely. I mean, you've all taken very kind of dramatic and comedic kind of routes through things and also some kind of layering of different, as Andrew was saying, different kind of worlds um, as a technique. Um, in terms of building on real research and data, uh, just like the kind of notion of climate change arguments, that's always such a kind of plausible, as Andrew was talking about a few days ago, kind of way to kind of communicate. Um, where are we going to go next? We could pick on, pick on another group. If you want. If there's anybody who's kind of... Just, if there's any uh, key any to ask a question. Is, we have a question from them. Okay. Fantastic. A kind of thought connecting the isolation and the muscles. It was, I recently read a book by Ben Elton called This Other Eden, and it was all about marketing the end of the world. So he, one guy decides to build these pod, giant pods for people to live in, and then they'll go in for 50 years and it locks. And in the end, the world didn't really end, but the guy went in there and kind of died, and yeah, he never saw the future he designed. And so that kind of relates back to our um, thing about how how are we going to commercialise yeah, if we did start growing people and I think it's kind of an interesting topic and relates back to consumerism and all the ecological stuff that's going on at the moment we're kind of buying our own destruction in a way because, yeah, thoughts along that yes. <coughs> which takes us neatly to Technopussy 
It's a great name. <laughs> well, it's kind of an interesting thing, kind of moving across from, from the genetic modification and the commodification of that to the more social aspects of that and how, how it becomes um, a part of our kind of social landscape and how these modifications in pursuit of a idea of perfection from the paradise farm through to the multiple forms of perfection maybe found in, in the club. I, I wonder if maybe someone from the, the Techno Pussy um, team would um, care to elaborate on how they arrived at that uh, scenario, situation. So, uh, oh, is it going to be all echoey? Okay, it's not that bad. Um, so we spent some time trying to think of something, and then I suggested a story wherein uh, women in the future have broken the glass ceiling, but in doing so, they've covered the earth in this huge desert because of all of the sand from the broken glass ceiling. Um, and then I just suggested that we set our story at like a kind of lesbian techno club. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, what you described there as well is the, the use of like consequences to mm. these kinds of speculations. And, and perhaps moving back to what Andrew was saying is how did you then transform those to these kind of cultural or social effects? I think it was kind of a, the idea of a sort of a naive utopia, so taking starting points from um, the idea of um, work as we experience it now and what that could become and sexuality and what that could become and this kind of, this, this sort of um, amalgamation of all these personalities coming through, all of them not necessarily particularly, the idea of utopia being kind of like, whose utopia are we talking about? And all these voices had very different ideas about what what made them them and some of them were quite aggressive towards one another or some of them had kind of like um, kind of like their own sort of sexual kind of hang-ups and or like preferences um, so it was free and it was a free space in that sense but kind of had all these issues coming through as well did you have anything to add, Sophie? Just, I think fundamentally it's slightly ridiculous, and that's sort of the point. And it's just it's a sort of open forum to be completely vulgar and ridiculous. And I think when talking about something that can be as serious as like the future of female or whatever, it's kind of important to sometimes make room to be a bit playful as well as making room to be like serious as well. I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, just one last sort of thing I would like to. Like discuss a bit further is formally you guys kind of there was this sort of thread of a narrative that but it also sort of broke into slightly more layered patterns of, of, of kind of text it didn't feel kind of let's say A to B in that way what was the decision behind that or was there a kind of reason? Well um, so we started writing a script and then we really struggled with that because we felt like we had to develop really good characters and stuff <laughs> Um, and so we didn't really do very well at writing a script, so we outsourced it to a computer, and we got a computer to write it for us. Um, so, yeah, and that's why it doesn't have, like, a very strong sense of cohesion, but we quite liked that. OpenAI also writes lyrics if you put in a prompt, so it was on the site Talks Transformer, and sometimes it just pulls things from the net, so you get like lyrics coming through. <laughs> so some of it was kind of some of them were like songs, which were yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that kind of very neatly thank, thanks guys that, that very neatly um, brings us to kind of my, my next kind of observation which was really to do with the embodiment and, and personification of artificial intelligence which came up in a couple of groups kind of ones that spring to mind is obviously the AI group um, and the money group as well with the, the bot conversation I wonder if there's anyone from those, those groups who would like to share a bit of their process with us yeah, so um, we decided to personify the AI and how how when we talk to them, it sometimes misunderstands like our the connotations of words that we have. Like summit, they like literally went to the summit of a mountain, and then the summit was like a meeting place. So that was one of the examples. Um, there's a lot of, of tools online that allow you to kind of play with AIs and to automate scripts. Um, so we had to kind of play with them and find out what tools would be able to get the voices, what tools would allow us to <clears throat> just write the script and write different characters. And they base off other films and previous works. So ours was based off Titanic and Star Wars. And then it created a poem and it's how this whole thing became really strange, but kind of human after all. So this sort of personification is by voicing what you're receiving or getting authored for you. It suddenly seems uncannily real, right? When you have a kind of human voice doing so. Yeah, and I mean, I think by inhabiting non-human forms, we can kind of really start to question our relationships to these objects or financial e-commerce systems or um, or kind of services such as Funky Pigeon. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what was, for you guys, what was the kind of goal by, uh, by voicing that, that specific character? Um, uh, <laughs> I think that through conversations, through talking about flying, pigeons came up and we thought about funkypigeon.com and it kind of developed from there. I don't, I feel like I, yeah, it was, it was something that happened quite quickly and there wasn't a lot of meaning behind why we chose pigeons. No, but it was, yeah, there was something... I mean, even the question that was posed, because I'd quite like to open that actually out, but, but the question was, which Britney Spears... Uh, it was, uh, which Britney Spears song uh, best describes the current climate crisis? Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. And Easy, hit me. Well, there you go, but <laughs> toxic. But, but no, I mean, already we're actually having a dialogue now. I mean, amazing. No, but coming back to also to earlier points of isolation again by kind of describing you know current conversations revolving the environment in whatever way wrapping that in a kind of surreal or kind of didactic kind of manner um, is a really useful tool I think that kind of draws draws this um, broadcast to a close thanks very much to third year BA Goldsmiths thanks very much to Dash and uh, Nick for having Sidrak and I here for the week Let's go catch that whale. The whale, which is more than 30 feet long, was seen on Monday catchiest by Greenwich Pier's depot. It's that meta so thing I about catching. So I told Simon Hunter nearby to catch a whale.
I'm a famous hunter. I'm going to catch this well. It's my old enemy. 